We took those videos from some people's house this week in connection. Some of you are laughing sarcastically, like that could never happen in my house. My name is Matt, and I want to invite you to be welcomed. This is a very cool Sunday here at Connection. I'm the lead pastor. My name is Matt Griswold, and we are going to experience an unbelievable sermon this morning. Not because me. But see, our sermons can change our lives, not because of who gives them, it's where they come from. See, God is still in the business of changing and transforming people's lives. And we watched a video about giving, about seeing things that, that were done and helping out, and we think, man, that's kind of age old, that's kind of, that's kind of mundane, Matt, why do we watch that? Listen, I don't think we can ever get enough of that. Because in a world that we live in, it says, take, 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 not give, give, give. Think about it. We talked about this last week. We're in a sermon series called Choose to Lose. And before we get into that, I have a couple, I have a couple things I'd like to talk about. If you have your worship handout, if it's a purple piece of paper, violet, I guess. Open it up to the first page. In the middle, there's going to be some blanks that you can fill out during the sermon. So we can kind of keep on track. If you open it all the way up to the middle, it gives a story. Now, please read that later, not now, okay? But it gives a story about touch someone's life gift. And, and today's the fourth Sunday of the month, so on the fourth Sunday, you can read on this side of the paper, touch someone's life gift. On the fourth Sunday, we collect an offering. Now, it's like, oh my, oh, I've got to get out my wallet now. No, you don't. Listen, if you're not a member of Connection, if you're not a part of Connection, if you, if you don't call Connection home, this offering is not for you. If you're here with us, you're part of our family, but this offering is not for you. We just want you to watch. Just watch what we, watch, this is not a, this is not, am I doing something? Going in and out? Am I? I'll just, I'll just get, I, I'm used to teaching in a gym, so this isn't that big. I can just yell. But we're going to, we are going to take an offering in a little bit, and this is what we're looking for. For the last Three or four years, we have taken nickels and dimes, and sometimes dollars, but nickels and dimes and quarters, and we put those in a bag, and we take them back, and we count them. And at the end of the service, they bring me back those bags. I pick two of you, so we have name recognition software that when you come in the door, I know your face, I know your, and we got your fingerprints, you got no, we don't. I just pick a couple random people, And we're going to go out to our world and we're going to give it for no reason at all other than to say, we love you. That's it. That's it. People are like, man, it's just nickels and dimes. Is is it that big of a deal? Well, over the time that we've been doing this, we've been able to give away over $10,000 just to give away. Just to give away. Because we want to show people that we love them. As our our ushers, if they would come forward and take take forth the... uh, the offering. I want to talk about something else. So as that, as that brown bag passes you by, but if it passes you by today and you said, Matt, I got a water bill. <laughs> Matt, I've got a bill that I, have to, that, I, that I don't have enough money for. It's going to sound weird, but this is what we want to do. Connection doesn't want uh, us to get in the way of this offering. If it goes by you and you need 10 bucks to make that payment, you just take that out of the bag. No one around you is going to say a word. So as that gets passed around, I want you to listen. So if it's already passed, you kind of focus up here. I know this is, a, this is, this is, a, this is bad for me too, because ADD wants to follow the bags, okay? 
Next Sunday is going to be Connections Dunked Party, May the 3rd. We're only going to have one service. Okay, so if you regularly attend the 4.30 service and you just happen to be here this morning, listen, there's no 4.30 service next week. We're having one service at 10 a.m. Now here's the, here's the kicker. This is what you guys all want to hear. After that, we're going to have food. We're going to fellowship. A dunk party is when we baptize people. Okay, that's what we call it. If you need to be baptized, maybe you've never been baptized, but you're a follower of Christ, but you need to be baptized, you come and talk to me. Okay? If I baptize one or I baptize 17, we're still going to eat. Okay? That's not, a, that's, not a, that's not a thing that we have to come up with. But listen, tomorrow or next Sunday is going to be a celebration. It's going to be a fun day. We want you to invite your parents. We want you to invite your grandparents. If somebody in your family is getting baptized, bring the whole clan. We'll set up more chairs, okay? One service next week. We're going to have a dunk party after that. We're going to have a meal. Now, with the meal, here's where you come in. Finger foods, okay? Bring some finger foods. If you can help out with that, just bring some finger foods. We'll set them up on some tables. And then after the service is over, after we dunk some people in the baptistry, we baptize them, and we're going to go have a huge fellowship, and we're just going to hang out as a family. I've noticed in the last couple weeks when we've been talking about this choosing to lose, and I've noticed that word about family that's come up in my life And I'm in the lives of teenagers every day. And if you haven't put yourself, or maybe you're not around, or maybe your kids are older, or they're not not that old yet, I want to share something with you that might scare you. It might pull right here. You know that house that you go to, that you have the kids in, and maybe mom and dad's there, or mom's there, or dad's there, or grandma and grandpa's there, and have the kids there? I teach kids every day that don't get to go home to that. And this past week, we had a, had a little girl in our neighborhood, and her and my oldest daughter are friends, and Mary said, what do we want to do? And I said, have her over. Let her play over here. Now, she has a great, she has a great home life, but I know that she's, she's had some problems in her mom and dad's life, hard to deal with, so she comes over. Now, that, that's a thing... That's a thing that we're getting into calling choose to lose. Now, I know, I, know, I know that you don't think about this, but is it convenient? I mean, I have two girls. They just magnetize more girls. Pretty soon there's going to be like slumber parties. <laughs> now, what do we want to do? We want to have, have those kids over to our house so we can show them. We can show them that relationships like this like I have with my wife, are possible. They may not get to see that. But we choose to lose. Listen, you choose to have a slumber party at your house, this is what you choose to lose. Sleep. That's just top of the list. Sleep. They're going to eat you out of the house. But we're on, our, when our, we're on the second week of choose to lose, and I want to I just briefly go over last week. We talked about a, a term that comes from a guy named Dave Ramsey, and I just mentioned it, but he said, if you live like no one else later, you can live like no one else. And that's it's giving of ourself. Well, listen, we live in a very, very selfish world. We live in a world that says, hey, you get, you take, you climb, you get to where you need to go, and just leave the shrapnel behind you. And we all know that that happens. We all know that it's about take, about get. Now listen, 
Let's say it's December 24th and you go to the mall. Now you tell me how, you tell me how, how people do this. There's two parking, lot, or two parking spots. You're waiting for one of them. Another person's waiting on another one. And then there's this guy in a sports car right here. We all know where the story's going. Get, 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 isn't it? If we, think we're, if we think we're not like that, we have to step back. We're going to look in 1 Peter today about Peter, what Peter said about this, but he was talking to a group of people that he said, listen, you guys need to understand that you have to die to yourself. You have to die to yourself. You have to give. You have to give. In our, in our church planning lessons, they have been going fantastic. And we're getting to the 13th and 14th chapter of a book that we use, and he talks all about giving of yourself he has he has taught up to this point and when he gets to that point listen he takes his gloves and he throws them out of the ring and there's no gloves on he says some very pointy things that connection we want a body of believers followers of christ listen that give that sacrifice if you've sacrificed now listen everybody in here has chosen to lose already today Okay, so you have chosen to lose points. Now, God doesn't work on a point system, but you've, chose, you've chosen to lose to come here this morning. You've given up time. Unless somebody walked or rode a bike, you've given up money and your fuel to get here. Maybe you rode with someone else and they gave, you, they gave to you to get you here. We've given. You've given. There's been people that have got here early to make coffee so you could wake up. We talked about a month ago when we were talking about fishing. And the title of the sermon today, you can see it in your worship handout, but it's serving others, why should I bother? This really grabs me. Because some people in this world, I mean, I'm going to get first in line, okay? There's some people in this world, meaning everyone, because we're human, because we're broken and we're messed up. We want to get in the front of the line, we want to take the best, get the best, be first, done, 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 done. I grew up in different churches, and I remember my dad would preach, he preached a revival one time at a place, and we went there, and the guy comes up to him. Now listen, I'm not joking about this, and I don't think it's very funny. It's funny, but it's not funny if you think about it. He came up to my dad. He was finishing. It was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, and he finished on a Sunday morning. And the guy goes, now, Pastor, listen. I've been here Thursday through today, and I know how long you've been Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but listen, this is Sunday morning. And we've got to get to so-and-so's restaurant before everybody else does. And he was dead serious. It's all about taking. It's all about I want, I want, I want. We, we don't have to sacrifice our feelings so we can just cut someone real clean. We want to be pointy with the things that we do so we can take. Listen, I'm in first in line with you. We're all in this together. We all have the same jersey on. But we have to look at what's going on. But a couple a month ago, we talked about fishing for other people. Why should we care? Why should we bother? And I talked to you about this. Some of you are here right now, if not all of us are here right now, because someone chose to lose to get you to understand who God was. Maybe you had a mom or dad that sacrificed sleep when you were out somewhere, they were praying for you. That's me. I was running around doing whatever I wanted to, and my mom and dad did nothing but pray for me. They held me accountable, but they prayed for me. Listen, they lost sleep. Listen, they, they gave up of themselves to teach me and my sister and my family truth. I'll never forget, 
If you ate first at our house without praying, you got to pray. They taught us that. We instilled that. They were instilled that in my mind that wherever we were, wherever we were out, out in the public, in our house, before we ate, we prayed. They chose to lose, to lose a little bit of their self to give. Because as we talked about last week, what you teach, what you put in, when you choose to lose and you put in to someone, after you're gone, what you taught them stays. And I told you about the things that my grandfather used to teach me when we were hunting last week that still are in my mind. I saw another sunset or a sunrise this, this week and I'm like, wow, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget what he told me. Serving others is a huge part of choosing to lose. Now, I know, I know that a lot of us go to work, and this is what we do. We, we, just, we walk into work, and we say, God, I just want you to show me somebody I can serve today. Now, I don't want to jump on anybody's feet, because some of us are trying to do that. And we're trying to grow and trying to get there. But probably not everybody, probably not everybody every day walks into their work and says, Okay, God, who can I serve today? Listen. We don't operate like that. We're born selfish. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look in 1 Peter in just a little bit. If you, It's toward the end of your Bible. If you don't know where that is, look in the table of contents. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4. But Peter's writing a book to followers of Jesus. Now, listen, he's writing this book specifically to a group of people that are seeing themselves, their family, their friends, the people in their church, the people they go to home group with, we are seeing, they are seeing in this book, these people are seeing torture and suffering and pain for believing in Christ. And they're getting a little bit down. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how that would just drain you? And I, what do I do? What do I do? He keeps reminding himself and the others that he knew Christ and nothing, watch this, no matter what level he was on, if he, if he was up here, he was good, and if he was down here, he was good, because he never lost confidence that he had understood why Jesus came. And he was willing to give everything he had to pass that on. Now watch this. and revisit something I just talked about. If you take the time to put in biblical, godly principles to someone, even after you're gone, they live on. It's 2015 halfway around the world. And the things that Peter and the other guys taught people is not dead. It's still here. It's still alive. God's still in the business of transforming people. He's still in the business of, of saving people from their life, from themselves. Nothing can stop Peter from telling other people about God. It ended up taking his life. He gave it. He gave it. Before we get into scripture today, I'm going to pray for us in just a second. We're talking about a subject today that's really hard, and we don't like to listen. We don't. I didn't like preparing for this sermon. It was a tough one. If you've ever spoken in front of anyone, and you, and you, or you've preached a sermon, and, you, and you're dealing with, with content, and you really dive in, and you're studying, you're like, okay, okay, this would be good. And then God starts to speak through, to you through that content about yourself. It's tough. So I'm just going to ask God. We're going to pray in a second. I'm just going to ask God that he just speak through me today so we can all get this as we choose to lose. Just pray with me. God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for this 
morning. God, we thank you for the, the sunshine. God, we thank you for the people that are here that chose to lose. God, they gave up their time, uh, their money. God, we do not like to hear some of these words about giving our lives away because we like to keep our stuff. God, just teach us this morning individually what you want this to impact our lives with. In your name we pray. Amen. We'll check out 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles at Connection, we think it's okay to use these things. These are pens, have ink in them. Underline. Okay, if there's something, if there's something that catches your eye, something that I may stop about and talk about, underline it. The next time that you reread it, it may speak to you again. Check out what he says in 1 Peter 4 1. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Now, he says a whole, whole lot. He's coming to the fourth chapter and he says, Christ suffered physical pain. You have to be ready, don't you? And he says, I want you to arm yourself with the same what? The same attitude. Now time out. Just, just that, just the same attitude he had. Those four words. What kind of level of hard are we talking about? Same attitude he had. And he is Jesus. I want you to arm yourself with the same attitude. Whoa, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Because the first thing that happens when we walk into work on a Monday morning, because everybody likes Mondays. Thank you, some of you are awake. And the first time somebody says something to you a little bit smarter, like you just shoot right back at them, don't you? He says, I want you to arm yourselves with the same attitude. Look at it, he goes on in verse 2. You won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Here's what we want to do as humans. We want to avoid this. We want to avoid any hurt, and we want to avoid any pain, don't we? We don't like it when it hurts, do we? We have have pine lumber bleachers in Wayne City's junior high school. And two years ago, I was teaching junior high PE, and you have to lift the bottom, and you have to shove them in. We all know where this is going, because pine is just awesome. Not really. And I was shoving in them, and then they're not brand new. And I was shoved them in, and you have to be pretty violent with them. And I shoved them all the way in, and I got them about all the way in, and felt a really nice pain go from here to about here. It's about an inch long piece of pine board in my hand. And I immediately dismissed class. I said, kids, you can all go. <laughs> As I did this. And I got on the radio and I very calmly said, uh, Nurse Twilight, can you please come to the grade school gym? And she comes in and she goes, where's the kids? I said, I sent them away. <laughs> she said, why? I said, because I don't want to hear them, I don't want to hear them, let them hear me scream. And I did this. And she goes, oh. Now, when a nurse looks at your hand and goes, oh, <laughs> it is not going to be a good day. <laughs> And I was a little bit of a wuss, I guess. I said, I said, do you have anything that you can put on this? I don't know, to numb me from like here down? Here down? I don't care. She had, she had these wipes, and she went around it. 
And she was, she was looking. You know, how, you know how you do with a splinter and somebody else gets it out? I wasn't going to take this one out. I just probably couldn't. I'd still have it in there. And she, you know, you have to like look around. You have to like pick it up and make sure you can grab a hold of it. And she was looking around and I, and I was just like frantically going, don't pull it, don't pull it, don't pull it. And somebody else walked in the gym and I went like this. And I looked away and all of a sudden it went... And that pain started right in my stomach. You know the pain I'm talking about? It's like, it's right before it really hurts. You know it's going to really hurt. It's like when you kick the corner of your bed with your small toe at night. Step on a Lego at night. And that pain, it was, it was intense and then it, and then it went away. She rubbed that wipe over and the pain went away. And do you see? See, we don't like to hurt. And I'm not talking a spiritual matter there. I was talking in my hand. And it hurt. It hurt bad for a couple days. It was deep. But we don't like the pain. We want something to take it away. We are selfish people. We don't want any pain. We don't want, we don't want, to, we don't want to give anything that's not ours away. We like having our stuff. But at the very end of this, he said, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Now, we don't want pain and we don't want hurt, but we want to be anxious to do the will of God. I'm going to tell you something. If you put yourself in God's will and do what he wants you to do, one of the biggest lies in the world that's ever been told by the church is this. As soon as you become a follower of Christ, your problems disappear. It's the biggest lie that the church can tell. Your troubles just go away. I mean, has that happened to anyone in here? No. Jesus says, whenever you become a follower of me, listen, he told the original disciples, they don't, there's going to be people that don't like you, but they don't not like you. They don't like who you have in you. And that's, he was talking about himself. So he says, in, in 4.2, he says, so don't, you don't have to spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. Followers be ready to do the, the will of God. Now listen, if you decide, hey, God wants me to go into this direction, let me tell you what, what it looks like. It's not, it's not a clearly mowed path with water on each side and there's lovely birds and there's awesome springs and there's beautiful bridges. Sometimes. You know what it is most of the time? It's messy. If you get involved with people, especially when you get involved with people, it becomes messy. I, was, I thought about this whole week back to, back to people that have put into my life and I thought, man, I sure didn't give them a mowed path to walk down. They were dealing with me in some times that I just had, it was just muddy where I was. And it was dark. See, Peter says, if you keep this attitude and you stop chasing what you want, you're going to experience what God wants. Now, when we do this, I can guarantee you one thing. If you want to give yourself away, I'm going to give you one word that's going to commonly come up. You ready? Inconvenience. Inconvenience. Oh, I could do this, but I need to do this. Some of us right now, we could write a list, and we could write a list for the next three hours of things that we could be doing besides being here. We could. But some of us said, no, this is important. God wants me to do this. Now, there's times you take trips. There's times you go on vacation. Okay. But you make this a mandatory thing. You push yourself to come. sacrificing in our time, in our world, in 2015 and not in this time period means the giving of our time, our money, and sacrificing ourself, our house, our food. Think about it. 
giving. If you have your worship hand out, look at the first blank. We're going right back. I want, to, I want this to stick in your head. This is what the whole sermon series is about. When we choose to lose, we will be anxious to do God's will. We will be anxious to serve. And I know what some of you are thinking. No, I'm not going to be anxious to do anything I'm not getting paid for. Think about it. I don't want to be anxious. When is the last time that you've done something that does not involve your day off or you getting paid that you were anxious to serve? That's a tough question. You can't answer it right away. When is the last time you didn't have a day off or it was something that you get paid to do that you were anxious to go do? At Connection, these things are available all times. You know what they are? Cleaning the windows. We have the, we have the shiniest, sparkly, sparkliest, clearest windows in this sanctuary. They get wiped down, washed every week by someone that says, hey, I want to serve. Now, I would rather them just get all dirty. That way you guys can't look outside while I'm preaching. I'm just joking, okay? We'll be anxious to serve. Now, this is one of my favorite verses in the world, in the whole Bible. Psalms 37, 4, and I looked at the New Living Translation because I didn't memorize it in the New Living Translation, but this is what it says in in the New Living Translation. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, I've talked with you before about this. This verse meant, I meant this. I memorized this verse. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. I'm like, sweet. I'll do what you want me to do. You give me Lamborghini. That was the math equation that I gave God. You give me what I want and I'll think about it. See, this is what we want to do. We want to, I don't want it to hurt. I don't want it to be inconvenient. I don't want it to cost me anything. But I want. Don't we? I want. But when we choose to lose, we'll be anxious. You know what happens? This becomes contagious. When you start giving your life, I talked to some people last night, yesterday afternoon. I said, what are you going to do? And they go to this church. I said, what are you guys going to do tonight? And they said, we've invited three or four different couples over to our house. We're just going to hang out. We're going to do stuff on the computer, and we're going to eat, and we're going to just relax together. Wow. When, that, when, you, when you experience that, it becomes contagious. It's something that you want to do because it blesses you. We will be anxious to serve. When we choose to lose, we do not look like our past selves, do we? Now think about this. We'll go on memory lane. I'm not going to glorify anything that's in any of our past that's bad. Not at all. But I want to show you, listen, we've all been there. When When we're anxious to serve, sometimes that doesn't match up with our old self, does it? It doesn't match up with my old self. I wasn't always anxious to serve. You know what? If I want to be really honest with you, there are days right now that it's not convenient and I'm not just anxious to serve. You ever go to a meeting? (laughs) Any meeting? Oh, I'm just so anxious to get there. I'm probably going to get yelled at. I can't wait to get there. Look at 1 Peter 4.3. Look at the next verse. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust. Their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. You're, in, you're sitting in a church right now. And connection is not a building. Connection is not a place. Connection is a community of believers that goes out. Okay, this is just a place where we meet. That's it. This is, this, we do not worship this building. But something cool about Connections people, if you're, if you're new to, newer to Connection and you don't know everybody here yet, this is what I can guarantee you. Every single person sitting in this church right now has a past. Every single one of you. 
And I've been a part of churches, and I've been made to put on these masks when I go to church that there is nothing wrong with me. I grew up a preacher's kid. There's nothing wrong with preacher's kids, right? Nothing ever goes wrong. My dad's a preacher, my grandpa's a preacher, my other grandpa was a deacon. I had no chance. But I, sometimes I was, I was asked, it was, it was almost made, almost just asked of me, hey, listen, you and your sibling ever get in a fight and your mom has the phone ring? And she's yelling, 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 yelling. And whenever she answers the phone, it's like, hello? You know what I'm talking about. Nothing's wrong. No. And these, these masks were asked to be put on me. Listen, this is how we act here. This is how we act here. Listen, my parents are very, very godly, good people. But there were other things, other people that were looking at us. You can't have that problem. You can't be like that. You don't understand what that's like. You can't have that. You can't. Listen, you're sitting in an environment right now where it's okay to not be okay. Praise God. Because if it was not okay to not be okay, I couldn't be here. See, we are all, we all have this past. And, and Peter reminds these people of this. He says, he says remember, you have the, you've had enough in the past of the evil things. Does it sound familiar? Do you remember that old self of yours? Do you? You know what's really cool? You know what's really cool if you can remember that past self? Do you know what God's done? Romans 12, 2, he's transforming you into a new creation by changing the way that you think, and he's still working on you. If you can remember that, listen, and, he, and you can see a difference today, God is in, he's, he's doing work in you. There's not one person that has grown up and had everything together in this room. No one's perfect. Listen, we, if it wasn't a brand new CD title to, to a, a band online, we were really thinking about this. We want to have some connection shirts, and on the back it just says, We are the broken. We're not afraid to tell you that. That, in my opinion, that, in my opinion is what God is using to transform lives. When we choose to lose, God is using people that don't talk down and condemn. They go down, they walk beside, and they walk with people, and it's somebody that's already experienced that before, walking beside that person that's going through it. They say, listen, I know exactly what that bump right there is going to feel like. I know, it hurts, I know. And that person that's walking down cannot see light that way. But the person that's walking beside them says, I understand. I know how you feel, but you have to trust me. I've been where you are. That light is actually there, and you can get to it. If you think that that's a false statement, I want you to come and talk to me after church. I can put somebody in your life that will share those experiences with you. People that have come out of the dark about depression. People have walked some pretty nasty, filthy, muddy, mucky roads, and God says, listen, that's a past Look what I want to do for you. Look what I want to put you. Look, we have people in here that if I ask you how different you are now than three years ago, we could talk for hours, couldn't we? People nodding their head. Listen, God is talking through Peter here. And he reminds them, we're not going to glorify that old lifestyle, but realize that we have come from some kind of past. And when we choose to lose, it can be very, very costly. You know what I'm talking about. When you choose to not do that lifestyle anymore, this is what I lost. I lost friends. They didn't want to hang out with me anymore. Oh, he's gone church again. We don't want to hang out with him. 
Listen, you understand what I'm talking about. People always had something to say about you. Look at verse 4. Of course, your former friends. Look, he even knows this. We think, we think that we just invent these new problems, don't we? It's 2015. Hey, we're going to do this, and we're just going to create this new thing. This new, this new, this new thing that happens to, to us. Look what Peter says. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. We think this is just today, right? You see how long this has been going on? Oh, they've fallen Jesus again. He's probably going to get real weird. When we choose to lose, it costs us. It costs us very, very dearly. And some of us are sitting in our chair right now, and we push the mute button and say, I don't want to listen to this. I don't need any of this. I'm a good person. Listen, okay. You were born selfish, though. You need a savior. You have a past. We're all in this together. When something is different, what do people like to do? Throw stones. It's different. We've never done it that way before. We can't do it that way before. If we go against something that we are used to, even our own bodies fight it. In a completely non-scriptural story, in college, I had a hitting coach that told me to move my feet in the box so I could hit to the opposite field harder. And I said, I don't know about it. I was an arrogant, egotistical, not a nice person. None of you would have been my friend. None of you. The first time Mary talked to me, she didn't want to talk to me again. And I was this egotistical, I'm going to make a lot more money than you will. And he said, I want you to move your feet from here to here. That way when you go with an outside pitch, you can drive to the opposite field and you can hit it really hard. And I said, I don't want to. Do you understand that I hit almost 500? I'm just, just blurting out these sarcastic comments. And my hitting coach said this. He goes, you're on scholarship at my school and you're going to listen or you're not going to play. So I had to listen. Because I knew if I made that phone call to my dad and mom, it would not be good. I'm coming home to live. Why? Because I got kicked out of school. That wasn't an option in my house. So he taught me how to do that. What do you know? It was uncomfortable for me to do it because I had never done it that way. Do you know what happened? I suddenly could hit the ball harder the opposite way. Because it was someone that knew... He'd already walked through that. He knew. He watched me hit. He said, listen, I can, I can help you. But we even resist it because it's not comfortable. It's not something that we've always done. And if we've grown up in that lifestyle of doing whatever we want, certainly it changes when we want to go, when God says, I want you to do this, and we think, oh, I've never done that before. I've never given to this. I've never given my time to do this. When we choose to lose our lives and live differently than we used to, people can say some things that hurt. Suddenly they're a better person in their mind than you are. They know more than you do. When you choose to serve, you make yourself lower. Some people like to step. Look at verse 5. But remember that they will have to face God. Now he, he says some pretty, pretty, pretty harsh things right here. Listen to this. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both living and the dead. 
He's not standing in front of them going, they're going to get theirs. He's not. Okay, it sounds like it. He's not. He's encouraging them. When you're done with this life, what's one thing that you want the people to remember? Listen, think about that question. I want to ask you that question today. I don't care if you're 16, 14, 12, 6, 85, 73, or 107. I don't care. When you leave this life, what is one thing that you want people to remember you about? What, what, are they, what do you want them to remember about you? What's one thing? Think about that. What's one thing? How do you want to leave those fingerprints on the next generation's life, on your kid's life, on your mate's life, on your girlfriend's life, on your children's life? How do you want to leave? Peter says, listen, in verse 5 he says, listen, people that don't follow this, they're going to they're gonna have... They're going to have their time, okay? What is one thing that you want people to remember about you? That you're really good at sports. That you had a lot of money. That you made your own business and you were successful. Or, do you want someone to stand up at your funeral? I, heard, I, heard, I saw a shirt one time. It says, live your life in a way so that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. Or do you want somebody to stand up at your funeral and say, this person did what God said for them to do and it cost them. It might have not cost them their physical life, but I guarantee you it cost them time, it cost them money and convenience and it cost them. Is that what we want to pass on? Look at verse, look at verse 6. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were... They, they were destined to die, like all people. They now live forever with God in the Spirit. He's encouraging them again. He's just asking that same question. Jesus had spoken to people. He had preached to people. People had started to follow Him. They had made a decision that He was who He says He was. Other people had given so even Peter could hear the good news. What are we doing? Listen, we don't have to go. There is nothing wrong. There is absolutely nothing, 100% nothing wrong with going overseas to a mission trip. We have people that don't understand who Jesus is right there. And right here, and right over there, and around here. And I'm not pointing to anybody's specific house. I'm saying in this community, this area around us, there are people right here that need to understand who Jesus is by the way that you treat them, by the way that you talk to them, by the way that you show their lo- your love to them, by the way that you come into work, by the way that you eat your lunch, by the way, whatever we do. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever, whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, we do it all for the glory of God. This morning I saw another example of that. And I don't know who it is. I'm going to catch him one day. I did it one time. Maybe it just caught on. But if you got, if you got a coffee cup and you were here a little bit early... They're all stacked in like pyramids. And I don't know who's doing it. But you know, as I was getting a coffee cup this morning, you know what I thought? It's a lot cooler to get one off a pyramid than it is off a stack. And and we we think, oh, that's just so, that's not important, whatever. Listen, I thought it was fun. I'm just sitting like, it made me smile. Have you ever had a day where you didn't think you could smile? And then someone stacked coffee cups like a pyramid. Maybe somebody that's not having a good day, not having a good morning, they come in, they, wow, somebody made a pyramid out of these coffee cups, and I get one. 
Listen, it's the little things that we do, but these people had given of themselves so Peter, even Peter himself, could hear. Choosing to lose is something that has been going on for a very, 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 very long time. And we think, oh, this is such a new concept. I get questions regularly about connection. Why do you do the things that you do? Oh, that's a pretty new idea. I said, no, look at Acts. It's old. It's old. Why do you meet in homes? It's non-confrontational. It's pretty comfortable. Come hang out and sit in my recliner. If you come to my, if you come to my connect group, I don't sit in my recliner. Other people do. And usually it's the first ones to show up. They, they take them. It's the giving. It's the giving. Look at your worship handout with me. I want, I want these things. It's like, man, you're just getting re- repetitive. Listen, I want you to understand this. If we choose to live like no one else, later we will live like no one else. Dave Ramsey uses this in a financial situation. If you, if you, will, if you will take a hold of your financial situation, and you will practice some, some steps. Dave Ramsey teaches in Total Money Makeover that if you live like no one else later, you can live like no one else. I've practiced them with my wife. They work. This is true. If you do it, but you've got to do it. See, if you live like no one else now, now watch this. How many people out of percentage-wise, how many people have 85% of their people that are just nice to get along with all the time, every day at work? Good, no hands. No way! If we choose to live like no one else, if we choose to live like God asks us to live, somebody in our work might go, who is that? And it's you, and you've been there for 20 years. Or it's you, and you've been there for three weeks. Listen, God says, I want you to give, I want you to give, I want you to give. And in our mind, it's like, no, i got to take, it's got to be mine, I'm going to put it in my pocket, I'm not going to give it away, it's mine. You remember the good cartoons, Looney Tunes with Daffy Duck? And he has the pearl, and he gets shrunk, and the pearl's like this big to him, and he goes, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's all mine. That's what we want to do. Just, it's, it's our nature, we, want, we just want it. And when God says, hey, to make an impact, I want you to give, we're like, I don't know. This is tough. And then we ask this just absolutely absurd question. God, what have you given? You don't know how this hurts. What have you given? Everything. I've loved you when you're not lovable, Matt. I've given you things when you didn't deserve them, Matt. I've forgiven you when you most certainly did not need forgiven. You didn't deserve it. You couldn't buy it. You couldn't earn it. And I gave it to you. Living like no one else means giving when the world says take. It means sacrificing whatever it takes. It means giving our time, our effort, our money, and our comfort. The past two weeks at Connect Group, if you have been to Connect Group, and, I, and listen, I don't say this enough. Don't just impact this enough. If you are not a part of Connect Group, man, you are missing out. The last two weeks have been awesome. Some of you are going, that's because he wrote it. No. No, you can find a better Bible study. I'm talking about the discussions that we've had. It's about giving. It's about how God has given. And when you understand how God has given, it's going to influence you to give more. 
We're talking about this. For you seminary people, if you understand this, it's a common theme in systematic theology. We're studying themes that go from Genesis to Revelation, and they go in and out of the Bible the whole entire way. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible points one place. Did you know that? Jesus Christ. One place. Through the whole Bible. Say, no way. God God created the world. Yep, Jesus was with him. We go, to, we go to Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3, when the fall of man happens and sin happens. As soon as Adam and Eve are pushed out of the Garden of Eden, right before they do that, God takes the lives of two animals. He clothes Adam and Eve with their fur and their skin. And from then on, watch, for the forgiveness of sin, there has to be shedding of blood, of innocent blood. That's why we see sacrifices through the Old Testament. Then we get into Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, and we see the story of Jesus and how he came and how he died. And from, from Acts on, it's the blood of Jesus that covers us. And today, it's the blood of Jesus that covers us from our stuff. It's the giving. But if you've not been a part of those two weeks, listen, it's a common theme. Since the first sin, it's a, it's, you're only forgiven through the shedding of innocent blood. Animals in the Old Testament, Jesus. But sacrificing took on a whole new look after Jesus' life and he went, ascended back to heaven, didn't it? No longer was it the, the offering of a dove or a bull, depending on how, how rich you were. Now it's, I want you to give your life, guys, these 12 dudes, I want you to give your life so that other people in A.D. 200 can hear about what you did. And AD 400 can read about what they did. And AD 600 and all the way up to 2015, we get to go back and see, wow, I get to somehow hear this today because some guy gave physically their life. Paul gave his life. Why? To tell other people. He gave everything he had. If you study theology very deeply, they think that Paul... He talks about a thorn in his flesh and he asks God to remove it from him. A lot of people think that he was blind. Very, very bad sight. If you know the story of him, the bright light hit him. They thought that hurt him. But he wrote a lot of letters from prison with low light. They think it damaged his eyes. But he gave everything he had. Listen, can you imagine how difficult it was to write a letter from prison with low candlelight and you can't see at all? And he gave And he gave his life. And you have people in your life that have given and have given and have given. Look at 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Listen, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I think Kirk Cameron is correct and all the left behind stuff. It's not. Listen, this was 2,000 years ago. And they said, well, Jesus is going to come back. Like I said, he's going to probably be back, you know, in August. That's what they thought. They didn't think he was going to be gone that long. But it says this, be earnest and disciplined. Give when you can give, and when you don't feel like giving, give again. Give again. Look at verse 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. You know what happens when people start associating with other people? People get hurt. Their feelings get hurt. And then we think, oh, they've hurt me. I'm not talking to them. Listen, love. Love covers a multitude of sins. I want you, God's saying through Peter, I want you to love everyone. I want you to serve everyone. It's investing time. 
Mentoring, teaching, leading, serving. You know what all these things do? What, mentoring, teaching, leading, and serving. Do you know what all of those have in common? They all can make eternal difference of a person. Taught who God is. Taught to share that with someone else. Look at verse 9. Cheerfully share your home and those who need a meal or a place to stay. There are people that give their home every week for a connect group. Now, I live in a house where we have connect group, and I'm not I'm not talking necessarily about our house. But ours starts at 6:30, or right before yours starts. Gotta pick up the house. Gotta do the dishes. Gotta get done. Gotta do this. It's very easy. Especially when you have two kids running around. Crazy. If you do not clean your room right now. It says cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. All that says is this. It means what I heard yesterday. What are you going to do tonight? To a very young couple. And they said we're just going to invite people over to our house. And we're going to have a huge house full of people. And we're going to cook food. And we're going to just do silly stuff. And we're going to hang out together. Now seeing smiles all around the room. You understand what that's like. You know that that's fun, don't you? Do it. Invite them over. Share. Give them part of your life. This is a vision of the early church. This is what they did. This is out of the church of Acts. This is what they did. And when people say, you can't just have people over to your house. You can't just invest time in them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to this. <laughs> I'm going I'm to prove that statement wrong. If you look in the book of Acts and you look at the way that the first church started and the way that they shared everything and they held the, the, the prayer times and the singing times in their house God doesn't say, yeah, I gave them a couple every year. They added a couple every year. The Bible says that the church was added to it daily. I'm not, I'm not big on numbers, but I'm telling you, the more you do this, you're like, woo I know people right now that advertise that they're going to have a Bible study on Facebook, and whoever they want, whoever, whoever wants to go can go. You get, now, that's, that's a little bit impressive because some of, the, some of these young kids got like 2,000 friends on Facebook. Can you imagine that? Mom, Dad, that's a heck of a sleepover. Worship handout. Check this next blank out. We must be ready to give of what we have if we were going to choose to lose. Listen, when it comes to our stuff, we want to say this. It's mine. I want to hold on to it. We love our stuff. One of the questions last week, one of the questions in Connect Group was this. How much do you like your stuff? Think about it. How much do you like your stuff? We like it, don't we? It's mine. I worked overtime to buy this. Paid cash. I don't own any money on it. I love it. It's mine. Oh, yeah. Jesus says this. We must be ready to give of what we have. I'm not saying give your house to your neighbor. Some of you may be able to do that. If you can, wow. If they need it. And God tells you to, okay? Look at verse Look at verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Jack mentioned some of these gifts earlier. Musical, singing, playing an instrument. How about this? You have a special gift to pray. You're a prayer warrior. You're a giver of money, service, cleaning, singing, teaching. I'm glad, I'm so thankful that God did not make us all robots and we're all the same. Wouldn't that be boring? That would just be awful. 
What do you do? I sing. What do you do? I sing. What do you do? I sing. What? No. No one plays. When we use them all together, with the cleaning, the teaching, the mentoring, all the, what a song, isn't it? Isn't it a nice song to hear when you walk in the building? Everybody greeting, everybody showing everybody where the bathroom is, and the new visitors come in, and we show them where everything is. It's a song. Look at verse, look at verse 11. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Go to the next screen. Go to the next screen, please. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Listen, He's, re- he's regurgitating. 1 Corinthians 10.31 whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And we think, that's so petty. It won't work. We can't do this. Why? Why do we do this? God has designed you specifically that if you give and I give and everybody around us gives, it all matches and flows. Problem is, some of us want to give. We want to give. We want to give, and not everybody does it. Listen, you go to a very different church. It's a very different church. We ask people to do this. What do we ask people to do? Park in the back and sit up front. Oh, man, I don't want to do that. We ask people to get here early to do practice. We ask people to get here early to clean things. This is very different than I grew up with. Very different. But you know what I'm seeing? Is that serving and that giving, that mentoring, that teaching. There are people here right now that we could interview right now that would say this. (laughs) Three years ago, there's no way I thought my life could be like this. Five years ago, God got a hold of me. You should see my life now. It's so much better. I feel clean. I am clean of something. When we give, we show our experience. There's a lot of people in here that think, oh, I'm too old. I can't do anything. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people in here that have a lot of life experience and a lot of biblical knowledge that you can put into our younger people. Guess what? So after you go on and after we go on and we pass that on, it stays. God says, give. He says, I don't care if you have three breaths left. I want you to give. I don't care if you have 17 years left. I want you to give. I want you to give. And everything you do will bring glory to God. Look at your last thing on your handout. What has God gifted you with? And this is a question you can ask yourself. Ask it later. What has God gifted you with? Everyone has been gifted with something. How can you serve others? And you know that, and I know, that if you've been listening to this and God has been speaking to you, there's different things in your life where you say, you know what, I probably could do that a little bit better. Maybe you've thought about for five years, what is it? What is it like to be mentored? What do you do? You meet with somebody for 45 minutes a week. You talk with them. We go over scripture. We go through a book. And we just learn. We just learn. It's become infectious here. 
Very seldom do I talk with somebody that says, that, that I can't just say um, Proverbs 4.23, and they're like, oh, oh, I know that. When God, what has God gifted you with? Think about this. What has God given, what has God given you and gifted you with to help? We're going to give these Touch Someone Life gives bags away. I have two. I have three. Three? Oh, he has one. Look at all this. Good grief. Okay. Now, I, I, want, to, I, want, I want to show you something physically. Now, pennies and nickels and dimes, okay? Some of you don't get the memo. Pennies and nickels and dimes. $339.28. People at Connection have been doing this long enough that they know, some of us even have been affected by this, that they know, they know that when we get to do this, some of the stories that I have written about this, I just experienced this. I just experienced this. I just experienced this. And we take this bags out and, and we, we, we get some really crazy out there reactions. What? What's the catch? Where's the hook? I don't, we've, had, we've had several people turn this money down. And we're just giving it away. If you've done this, if you've done this before, we're going to ask people that haven't done it uh, yet. But Camilla, would you give one of these away? Oh, let's see. Jason Settle. Oh, I got to give you this. I forgot. Some instructions. There you go. Is there someone over here that has not given this that wants to? Anybody want to give this away that hasn't done it yet? Go ahead. Come here. Alisa McClintock. Alisa. Alisa. I want to ask Alisa to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Here's some instructions. It's easier to give away other people's money. Why do we do this? Somebody say, man, why do, you give, why do you give cash away? Why do you just give bags of money away? Why do, you, why do you do this? If you're standing at a water machine, soda machine, and it's $1.25 for a soda, and you have a dollar and you need a quarter, a quarter is worth more than a quarter, is it not? We do this so that you can understand anyone can do this. It doesn't have to be $113. It can be 50 cents. It can be a 49-cent cup of coffee. Okay? It, can be, it can be blessing other people with this. It can be mowing your neighbor's yard. We want to give. We want to be givers. We want to be givers. Now, giving, when it costs us something, it hurts. Sometimes we're like, oh, man, oh, man. 
God says this. If you live like no one else, later you can live like no one else. And he's talking about the hope of heaven. But until we get there, we got to give. And we got to give. And we got to give. So that when we're gone, what we said, what we did, how we did it stays. With our kids, with the people that we mentor, with our mate, with whoever in our family, we got to give to show that love. But to do that, we have to choose one thing. We have to choose to lose. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the people here. God, I thank you for this money. I thank you for that was given. Uh, God, I just pray for these three bags of money as they leave this church. And whatever they go to, I just ask that, that they get given to someone. God, that God, you just put that person in the person's path that has the money. God, I just pr- pray that you prepare them right now, God, to know when they receive that. And it's not just a bag of money. It's coming from people that care, and God, how much you love them. We love you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you for so so many things that you've given us. But God, we thank you for Jesus. Without him, this is not possible. We thank you for what you've given. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.